You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Nancy Fitzgerald of Anchors Away Worldview Ministry. Good morning to you, Nancy. Thanks for uh, joining us this morning to talk about this. Well, good morning to you, and it's a it's a great day, and I love what you're talking about today, and I think the compassion of Christ fits right in. Well, tell us a little bit about that, because, you know, when we go to God's Word, it's painting a picture for us about the character of Jesus. We see that all throughout the Gospels. We see that all throughout uh, the writing of James and John and Peter. We see just this admonition of who he is. And is this, this, you know, what does the Bible say, though, about that compassion of Jesus? Yes, and I and I think that's one thing today that turns people off, uh, so many seekers off, because they don't see that compassion. They don't see that over-the-top love and care for one another. And we as Christians um, have to be bearers of the Holy Spirit, and, and with that comes uh, this idea of compassion. And I think Jesus takes the care for others to a different level. So often when we have a friend or acquaintance and they become ill or they're hurting, uh, yes, we're concerned. Yes, we feel sorry for them. Yes, we pray. And sometimes we will call them to see how they're doing. We might even consider it our duty to go and visit them. Uh, But at times like this, most of us exercise a sense of pity, which is quite different than compassion. Pity is more, pity is more of a hands-off approach in dealing with a friend or an acquaintance who needs help. Jesus, on the other hand, is compassionate by his nature. In other words, he cannot be anything but compassionate. God's compassion, though, listen to this, is having a sympathetic concern for the sufferings with a deep heart desire to go and help or relieve someone from their pain and their suffering. And this is the idea, I think, that Jesus is trying to get through to all of us, is that heart desire to go out of our way to help other people. It might involve, you know, uh, uh, buying something for them or getting them food or clothes or medications, whatever. Uh, But sometimes the most important compassion is just sitting with somebody, being with somebody, letting them know that that you're with them. Uh, But when we feel genuine compassion toward others, uh, we won't see others as victims or less than us, you know, uh, not at all. We see them as human beings created in the image of God who are in anguish or, or grief or pain. And, and that's church when God is calling us to, to, through the Holy Spirit, go out of our way and extend compassion to others a true sense of wanting to be there and take on their pain and their suffering to lessen the pain of those who are going through 
incredible situations, you know. Uh, Jesus was and is our example of how to deal with this. I love Psalm 86, 15, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. In Lamentations 3, 22, 23, because of God's great love, we're not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I think it's so easy, Steve, don't you, to dig a hole of self-pity when stuff goes goes sideways with us. And God is calling us out and uh, with love and compassion to see that God himself, in the worst of situations, his compassion will never fail us. He wants to relieve our pain as we come to him. Yeah, it's far too easy for us to do that. Yeah. Good morning, Nancy. Um, Jesus meeting the various needs of people who ser- that serves as, a, as an example for all of us to do whatever we can to comfort and help those who are hurting. Where do we see this in the Bible? Yeah, and, and the thing is, when God calls us, he calls us to go. And it doesn't matter what that situation is. He calls us to be that voice of hope, his hands and feet. And I love this, this idea of where do we see God's compassion in Scripture? Because we see it, frankly, all over the place. When Jesus saw people for example, weeping at the grave of Lazarus. Uh, you know, he cried with them. He was compassionate with him. You know, uh, John 11, when Jesus saw her weeping in the Jews who had come with her also weeping, Jesus himself was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid them? And they said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. You know, the shortest sentence in the Bible, uh, uh, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Um, then when Jesus saw large crowds, you know, we see this in the New Testament. He was moved with compassion to heal the sick and feel and feed the hungry. And I, and I just love this Matthew 14. It shows really not only the compassion but the power of God to move in ways that humans can't. We don't even begin to think the way Christ did. And when he says this, this story, when he went ashore and he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick, Matthew 14. And now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, it's a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away. Uh, to go into their village and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and, and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples and the disciples then gave them to the crowds, and they eat, they all ate, and were satisfied. You know, the picture of God doing that, I love that story. It's beyond human comprehension 
what God did. And he's showing us in spectacular ways that God cares about the little things. Everyone he cares about. Uh, again, God, Jesus had compassion on those who were ostracized. Remember the story in Mark 1 where the man with leprosy came to him, begging him on his knees, if you're willing, can you make me clean? And these were people that were discarded, you know, thrown away from communities because they thought that their disease was, you know, of the devil. And Jesus was indignant, and he reached out his hand and touched the man, saying, I am willing. He said, be clean. And the leper was healed. Um, story after story after story, these are not made-up stories. This is history we're talking about today, of Lord Jesus. And, and again, Jesus had compassion on those that were seeking truth. How many of us have friends that are seeking truth, but we just don't have answers for them. And that is essentially, Steve, what what we're doing uh, in, in trying to teach people biblical worldview to be grounded in truth. When people come to us, we can lead them. And I'm thinking of Christ uh, having compassion on those kind of people uh, that when he saw large crowds, uh, a sheep without a shepherd, his compassion led him to teach them the things that false shepherds of their day, you know, were, were teaching those who were looking for truth were being let, misled by, by so many. And the priests and the scribes, so many of them that day were proud and they were corrupt. And they despised ordinary people and they neglected them, which was the, the culture of that day. But Jesus had compassion. And he was always teaching them. He was healing he was teaching. He was loving. He was encouraging. Yeah. And that, that is the heartbeat, I think, of God. That is what he has called us to be, not superficial, but with a deep sense of care. Yeah. And that is such an important thing. You know, you, you point to that, that Jesus had compassion for those people who were despised, right, by the, um, by the Pharisees. They were the people who were looked upon— and and kind of eschewed in culture, but Jesus he didn't shy away from those people. But there were some who did who he did shy away from, and those are the ones who didn't believe in him. So tell us a little bit about right. those. Well, you know, he called the the phony uh, religious people whitewashed hypocrites. I mean, he did not spare words for those people. Uh, that were proclaiming to be godly people and weren't. He had, he, you know, because our job as, as people that are, are lovers of Christ is to draw people to Christ, not to ourselves. And the Pharisees didn't really understand that. But at times when the Pharisees uh, in this particular uh, passage in Mark 12 had asked Jesus, what's the single most command? And what, what, what is that command, Jesus? What's the most important? And Jesus answered them, um, and, he, and he provided two, stating that what we are to do and how we are to do it. He did not mince words. He was willing to give all people, followers and non-followers, the answer. And here in Mark 12, I think is the heartbeat of what God has called us to do. You know, um, 
he answered them and he said, hear this, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than this. So God, we know in the scriptures, looks on our heart. Not so much what we say, but on our heart. And it is filled, the scripture is filled with, with, with other scripture that is saying, listen, I want you to be my hands and feet. I want you to love others. Not superficial love, but a deep, compassionate love for others. You are to go and to be my hands and feet. And that's part of discipleship, Steve, that you were talking about earlier. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You know, and then he says here in Galatians 6, which is what I, I think Christ is all about here in his compassionate nature. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's nothing superficial about being a Christian, and Christ taught us this mm. as, as he went to the kings and he also went to, to the poorest to poor, that we are to be the same. God shows no favorites, but... We are to be open to going and not only just to praying, but to being with and do whatever it takes to relieve the pain and suffering yeah. of others. Yeah. And that brings that brings up a question that we may ask ourselves, why has God not healed healed us? Is it because that we don't matter to God? Yeah, and I think that's an honest question to ask when we're talking about God's compassion and how he healed multitudes. And I'm sure there are people today, I know there are people today who are, who are thinking, well, God, I have prayed for years for this, and I'm not healed. Or I, I had communications this week with a, a mom who was praying for her dying son, asking where God's healing was, where is his compassion. And I think with God, uh, uh, Sometimes Satan would want us to believe that, well, we're just not good enough. God doesn't love you. That's absolutely not the case. Um, everyone that God created matters to him. And it's, it's, it's not because we don't deserve healing. Really, none of us deserve healing. That's God's gift to us. But God heals people uh, to draw them to himself. But I think it's important if we're talking about that, he also chooses not to heal, to draw people to himself. And I think we need to let that one soak in a little bit. God heals to draw people to himself, absolutely. He also chooses not to heal with the same purpose, to draw people to himself. God uses illnesses and even death to accomplish his will. And that's the beauty of a deeper faith, that we can understand that God will use us when we're ill uh, as a witness to others, that we have faith, that we have hope. Uh, How many sick people do we know that have, have been great believers of Jesus, who have ministered to many just by their faith? You know, God will use these illnesses 
and death to accomplish his will. And when we pray for healing, for example, for a very sick friend, sometimes God answers our prayer by taking them to heaven where there's no sickness, no sadness, no death. You know, they're with Jesus in perfect peace in eternity forever. And sometime we will go there as believers and be reunited with those believers who have died before us. But God is a God of compassion and what he does is right. And it's just it's just no wonder why Paul in Philippians uh, 1, 24, for I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, he says, nonetheless to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So essentially what Paul is saying, listen, Lord, I'd much rather be in heaven with you right now, but I know you've called me to be here for a while. And when our, you know, when God says he's numbered our days. So when our days are up, he calls us and boom, we're with him forever in heaven. In the meantime, that here we are. And in Colossians uh, 3, he says, uh, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. Uh, and if, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And that is our challenge, to be that person of compassionate, to be the one that's quick to forgive, to be that encourager, to go out of our way, so that all of a sudden, by our acts, people are beginning to see Jesus and what he has truly called us to do which is to go into the world and disciple. And and again, uh, Steve, you were talking about discipleship and the importance of it. It's not only, you know, uh, uh, discipling in the word, you know, as far as teaching, but also being the hands and feet, showing compassion, showing love, and showing patience for those. You know, it's just so important. and, and And I love this topic um, uh, today because it's a wonderful reminder of us to truly be the hands and feet and to put ourselves second and or third or fourth or at the end of the line if necessary um, to be that person that's different. Well, we have been given the example in Jesus Christ, and that is who we are to follow, and we are to become conformed to his image, and this is an important thing. Compassion is so, so much a part of who Jesus is, and that means that that should be so, so much a part of us. Nancy, this has been great. I greatly uh, appreciate diving into this one with you today, and I hope that you can, uh, we're going to jump over to Randy Alice here in just a second, but tell us where folks can go and find the information about Anchors Way? Yeah, anchorsway.org. Just go on there. We have all the questions uh, that we've been doing. Steve, I think we have 200 and some in there. You go on our website and it's right there, the question of the week, and you can go in and and go in and, and just type in a, a keyword and, and these these conversations that we have will pop up and you yeah. can download those answers. You can go and get trained, you know, learn more about your faith, uh, sign up and for our boot camp, and, and we will guide you through these and, 
you know, we're always looking for teachers to teach our, our classes in the, in the January, February, March uh, time. So contact us and we will get back with you. We're always looking for teachers, people that want to become teachers and really start discipling in an amazing way where people get it and they start living it out, and which is biblical worldview, living out the truth of the scriptures in a way that pleases Christ. So yeah. that's what we're about. That is it. Go to anchorsaway.org. Until next week, Nancy, we will catch up with you then for another edition of our Biblical Worldview Question of the Week. Thank you very much, Steve. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life.